Welcome to Wistful Thinking on the Cage Club Podcast Network. On Wistful Thinking, we invite a guest to revisit pop culture from their childhood, and on this episode, we talk to my friend Zach Dazan about Ren and Stimpy. Zach, maybe more than any other guest we've had on so far, really viewed the world through the lens of this show as a child, so I really enjoyed this talk, and I hope you do too. Welcome to Wistful Thinking. I'm Jordan Poland-Clark. With me, as always, is my co-host, Kara Gail O'Regan. Hey there. And today we have Zach Dazan with us. Hi, Zach. Hello. Um, so, Zach has chosen our topic today, which is Ren and Stimpy, uh, the 1991 Nickelodeon cartoon, which was one of the first three Nicktoons that came out in August of 1991. Um, Zach, why did you pick this? Um, it's just really important to who I am as a person. I, I feel like, uh, a lot of my life is filtered through this show and The Simpsons, which I guess came out at the same time, uh, about, um, and, uh, yeah, it, it was kind of, um, it was kind of a, a little bit of a forbidden fruit in my house. Like my parents kind of soft forbade me to watch it. They didn't stop my sister from watching it because she's six years older than me. So, you know, it, it got watched. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like a lot of my worldview is filtered through this extremely horrifying lens. <laughs> horrifying indeed. Um, <laughs> had you watched any any of the episodes since you were a child, or has it been a while? Uh, yeah, you know, I think I rewatched them probably like seven or eight years ago, probably in college, um, just for fun. Uh, but yeah, I rewatched them the other day, and uh, yeah, it's, it remains shocking. <laughs> And what, like, what, like, before you rewatch them again this time, or even if you can remember from last time, like, what, what did you remember about this show? Um, just, like, fleeting glimpses of some very powerful imagery. I, Kirk Felicity is known for, you know, really going for it with his imagery. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I chose the space episodes for this one because... Yeah, I think uh, a lot of my interest in sci-fi and space probably kind of came out of these episodes and, and their surrealist bent. And you know, I, I was definitely into like Salvador Dali and stuff in high school. And I imagine a lot of that probably came from Ren and Stimpy. Um, and um, yeah, so I don't know. It just once again, just kind of just these fleeting glimpses of of these uh, almost, you know, Cronenbergian uh, landscapes. Um, and yeah, just the, <laughs> that's kind of what, what came back to me. I always come back for the imagery. Um, as Zach mentioned, we watched mostly space episodes. We watched five episodes before we recorded this. We watched Nurse Stimpy, Space Madness, Marooned, Black Hole, and Stimpy's Invention. Um all of which, like, watching them back again seemed like they were iconic episodes because I remembered something from every single one of them. I was like, oh, yeah, that thing. Oh, yeah. Um, so you did watch it. <laughs> um, Kara, did you watch this show as a kid? I did, similar to Zach. Uh, my parents weren't super thrilled about it. Um, <laughs> but I managed to, to still watch it uh and also there were like frames from these episodes that we watched that like the imagery of like certain still frames 
were like laser etched into my brain. It was really interesting to like see those again and have them be so familiar, even though I really haven't revisited the show since I was like, a kid. Like which ones? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I will <laughs> say I'll, I'll say the uh, the um, the pile of lost socks, lost left socks, um, <laughs> came back for me. Um, oh, there was also uh, Nurse Stimpy always comes back to me. I'm always there's a. That, that scene where he shoves the giant uh, spoon in Ren's face and turns it in different directions. <laughs> uh, that is absolutely a major a major image in my head for some reason. Uh, the way his eyes kind of like socket like toast coming out of a toaster um, when it's turned to the right. Um, yeah, it, uh, th- th- those two are definitely definitely big, uh, big in my brain. Oh, and of course the history erase button. Uh, can't forget that. <laughs> yeah, I felt similarly where there was like I, I haven't watched this since I was a kid. It was not Forbidden Fruit in my house. We watched this with my dad. Oh, nice. Like, we loved this show. <laughs> we had we had the tape that had all the songs on it. Oh. We had Ren and Stimpy and log hats. We had a log hat. <laughs> it was like, the coolest thing in the world. Like, this was not... And, and watching it again felt like... Wait, they just, like, let us watch this? <laughs> Whoa, this is weird. Um, but... Yeah, like the part where Ren is sick and like he's stuck to the bed. Stuck to the pillow, yeah. And it's like super gross. <laughs> um, that was one that was etched in my mind. And also when, when he was stuck to the pillow and Stimpy carried him off from the pillow, that made me laugh out loud. I yeah. laughed out loud a lot watching oh, this yeah. again. Do you guys think this is still funny? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and yeah, there are some quotes that, you, that you, coming back to that. You're all sticky with filth. I remember that was that was a quote I around the that house. Down. That was a <laughs> wait, but when I missed uh, in the in the space episodes, they always introduced them as uh, as today's turgid episode, uh, which of course means uh, erect, basically. Um, yeah, <laughs> just the, there's some amazing, uh, just amazing quotes and stuff. I kept calling it my favorite live action drama, which is a great gag in a cartoon. <laughs> um, yeah, they like they they broke the fourth wall a lot. Oh, it's yeah. like as a kid, you don't like it's not really something that you're conscious of, but it's not something I can think of another cartoon from when we were kids doing. Can you guys? I mean, Simpsons every once in a while. Uh, I to watch The Simpsons. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I will say that you know there was a lot of uh, a lot of meta in my in my childhood that I thought I was such a clever motherfucker. Um, that probably came from a lot from this show. Uh, yeah. I remember in high school, I, we had to write how-to essays and I, my, mine was called, uh, how to write a how-to essay. Um, and yeah, so breaking the fourth wall was instilled in me pretty young, uh, probably by this. Did you also read the stinky cheese man, which was an episode that we just did? Oh yeah. That was a great book. <laughs> Oh, that was another book that had like you know it's obviously super different from Ren and Stimpy, but that whole breaking the fourth wall thing, oh yeah, like got instilled in us pretty early. If you read that book, very yeah, true. That's really interesting. I think that there's actually a lot of crossover between the Stinky Cheese Man um, and <laughs> Ren and Stimpy. Like uh, even just in the illustration style, that like kind of grotesque. Um, you don't get as many like extreme close-ups in the stinky cheese man as you do in Ren and Stimpy <laughs> which I think is probably one of my favorite things about the show are those like super extreme grotesque close-ups that are like highly detailed with gross well, things yeah I remember when Spongebob Squarepants came out I was a little too old to be its proper target audience 
Uh, but I remember watching it a couple of times and they, they, you know, as almost an homage, they, they definitely included those, uh, quick Felucid close-ups. And, uh, and I was like, oh, well, maybe this is an interesting show. And so I actually ended up watching a lot of SpongeBob at, I don't know, however old I was, but, um, because of it, I think, uh, I, I love that, that effect. Um, I, I realized watching it this time, like, I didn't remember kind of the structure of it. It, like, a lot of it, like, is almost, like, within the frame of a, like, 1950s sitcom. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, if 19, um, my entire knowledge of the 1950s comes from this show. <laughs> Ooh, you missed some things. <laughs> <laughs> I know that men wore garters. Uh... <laughs> um, and it seemed like, so most of the episodes we watched were from season one. There were two from season two, and I actually watched an extra one from season two. Wait, 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 wait which ones were from season two? I think they're all from season one. No, I think one of them was season two. Let me look. I think they're different. Well, while you're looking that up, I will interject and, and say, according to Crick Pelusi's Wikipedia page, uh, he acquired his skills largely by copying cartoons from newspapers and comic books as a child, and by studying cartoons and their production systems from the 1940s and 50s. His main influence is Bob Clampett, but he mm. also names uh, Frank Sinatra, Kirk, Doug- Kirk Douglas, uh, and like a bunch of other... Um, people from that time frame, so it's it's definitely no accident that uh, it, it it's done so much in the style of a 1950s sitcom. Uh, that and the uh, the choice of music, which was in, in, which mm-hmm. is always just like mostly Tchaikovsky, but like all classical. Um, I actually have a, a, a very uh, a, <laughs> a sacred story in the Design household. Was we went to go see the Nutcracker, Nutcracker, and uh, and I was maybe six or five or whatever, and uh, and the stands, Waltz the Sugar Plum Fairy begins, and I stand up in my seat and I yell, "That's from Ren and Stimpy," because um, <laughs> I just assumed you know that it invented those songs. Um, it made it feel like it was very Looney Tunesy too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, not I didn't feel that way about all the episodes that we watched, but there's a couple when I was like, oh yeah, this is a Bugs Bunny cartoon. <laughs> well, yeah, there's definitely a lot of that. Um, yeah, and of course Billy West, who has kind of filled the shoes of Mel Blanc in modern uh, Looney Tunes um, situations, is uh, is Stimpy, and later later Ren, uh, but not in season one. He sounds, I mean, he's also the Ice King from Adventure Time, and which, like, took me a whole episode to figure out how I knew his voice, but it's not really a different voice at all. <laughs> he's also Phil J. Fry, King, he's Professor Farnsworth, he's, he's Zoidberg, he's, he's just about the most, like, influential, yeah, modern, working voice actor today, yeah. Um, to me, it felt close, Stimpy's voice felt very close to the Ice King. <laughs> and also, like a little bit, like he was just a guy from Brooklyn. Like, a little bit, like every once in a while. <laughs> well, he we was actually—he was supposed to be Larry. Uh, Larry Fine uh, is where he started. Uh, wait, Larry Fine is that right? Yeah, Larry from the Three Stooges. Um, that was that was his original uh, his original uh, archetype for Stimpy, and then he said he kind of mm. sped it up. Do you guys want to go through the episodes? I think. Yeah. In the pa- in the past, it's been um. We have five of them to get through, but I think we can do it. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, all right. 
Uh, Where do you want to start? Which one do you want to start with? Um, uh, well, I don't know. Should we just go in, in order and order? But or like, um, I mean, what was the first one? It was uh, it was I think it was. It was uh, the one where Bran is sick, Nurse Stimpy. Yeah, Nurse Stimpy. Yeah, I mean that one's that one is so so important. I just like I feel like every time I was sick as a kid, I just flash back to uh, to that. I'm like, are we gonna end up in like the crazy uh, mad scientist chamber with uh, everything just you know, I don't know every all these horrifying tools and machines around me? Yeah. Uh, well, as somebody who spends a lot of time as a sick person, <laughs> sickly Ren is like extremely relatable. <laughs> I, I didn't. Oh, I didn't really know. Talk what... more about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I just, you know, like I was talking about before with those like extreme close-ups. The first one, um, when Stimpy first kind of discovers that Ren is sick in bed and he's like trying to get him out. Um, I forget what I was gonna say. Actually, what was I gonna say? Well, I, I'll say that I, I never really knew what glands were uh, until I was older and I just assumed they had top hats or, you know, I, there was that. Um, every time I get my, my blood pressure taken, I, I imagine my head kind of swelling to extreme sizes. Um, yeah, these, these little, these, once again, these visuals, just very, yeah. the way his head deflates at the end of it and just, just blankets them. It's just amazing. Yeah, I remember what I was going to say, which is that when I wake up in the morning, it's a lot like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, Just the oh, mouth crust. I, I woke up like this. <laughs> <laughs> and with, like, the beautiful sun coming into the window and everybody outside, like, the, the beautiful classical music and Ren just mm -hmm. crusty and glistening. Yeah. Do we, like, what? So... Ren and Simbi live together because we haven't we didn't watch the pilot or anything. Okay. How much background <laughs> do they give on how they got where, to where they are? Oh, do you know? Because like they hate each other. Like Ren especially like hates Simpy, but Simpy seems very often to be Ren's caretaker, which mm -hmm. is a really interesting dynamic. I picture them as like uh, as like the main characters of Oh Hello. You know, you know the Nick Kroll and <laughs> yeah. John Mulaney. Yeah, uh, yeah, just like you know, they're they're tied to each other by a form of love that borders on hate constantly. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> and yeah, like they have no background. And some they're vagrants, and some they're they are the kept pets of of people, and some they are you know living in apartments together. Like there is absolutely no background to this to the show. Yeah, I actually I started to read. I you know I did some googling and tried to do some research um, before we recorded, and so this show started at the same time as two other Nicktoons, which were mm -hmm. Rugrats and Doug. Right. Came and out on the this, same like, day. Could not, what? They all premiered on the same day. Oh, by the way, yes. Billy West also did the voice of Doug and Roger Klotz. <laughs> um, and like, they, the shows couldn't be more different. Even Rugrats is, is different from Doug, mm -hmm. but like, Ren and Stimpy is like, so far off. It's um, it's the black sheep of the trio. It's the freakazoid to the animaniacs and Vicky well, the Braves. Yeah, I was reading an um an article uh, that talked about the woman who was the vice president of animation who basically made all these shows happen. Her name was Vanessa Coffey, um, 
and she described them as like she described them in food terms like Doug was like broccoli like your vegetables like the thing that's good for you and Rugrats is like spaghetti and meatballs like it's not that bad but it's still like super fun and she described Ren and Simpy as just like straight up sugar like candy like there's nothing good for you about it um, I think Ren and Stimpy's more like more like magic mushrooms. I, it's probably. <laughs> I, <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't call it. I wouldn't call it total junk food. I think there's some very enlightening aspects to it. Um, but you don't want to eat it every day. What? So I also like in a lot of the things I read. Like basically, this show was just meant to be like gross but jokes because that's what kids think is funny you know like like it was it's not really meant to have good content right that's well, a bad way to say that but <laughs> you, know? you think that's why they let it get away with so much because as long as you kept putting the butts in there yeah we were we were good well they didn't though like they were like they were at war like mm-hmm. right we actually um, have uh, the first three seasons on DVD, so I watched some of like the bonus content, which oh, includes some commentary. And uh, Crick Falusi seems like a horrible guy to work for. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Like, just unbearable, because like, you'd do all of this really great work and bring it to him, and then it just like wouldn't be good enough. And he was like constantly at war with the network over the content, that it was too violent, too gruesome to whatever um but all three of those shows that premiered on the same day ren and stimpy uh doug and rugrats are very different um from earlier cartoons and this is actually something of a key connection uh on keanu club we actually watched the bill and ted animated series which was produced by hanna barbera which is a pretty iconic animation studio um, and Crick Falusi actually worked for Hanna Barbera previously before um, before starting this show and and before some other stuff. Uh, the way that cartoons used to work is that like um, if there was like a toy or something coming out, the manufacturer would go to these animation studios and be like, "Hey, can you make a cartoon about this so that we can sell more toys?" And in the case of Nicktoons, these were actually creator driven shows. So uh, instead of them trying to like retrofit a cartoon around some toy or, or movie or whatever, um, they were actually kind of building something from the ground up and uh, it wasn't always a super smooth ride there. Um, it, it sounds like there was a lot of like really uh, a lot of stress in that studio and they were kind of always missing deadlines and stuff like that. And eventually they actually did fire Crick Falusi and, uh, and all of Spumco, technically their whole animation studio. And then a few members who had worked on Ren and Stimpy went on to work for the animation studio that Nickelodeon created to continue the show. There's an awful lot of parallel between, between this and one of my favorite current showrunners, Dan Harmon, uh, you know, this is very much the story of community. I actually fired him mm-hmm. from his own show. And of course, uh, I, was, I was telling Jordan beforehand, like the space episodes, like reek of Rick and Morty. Like there is so much, uh, so much obvious, uh, inspiration there. And it's just kind of funny to hear it's really the same story over and over again. Well, let's talk about the space episodes. Yeah. Um, 
I almost feel like we could just talk about all three of them together. They are basically they could be continuations of each other <laughs> except um, they like die in every not? single one of them <laughs> they do <laughs> um there i i like i almost, i have questions about the format okay. of the space ones because they both two of them uh uh space madness and marooned start out almost exactly the same where stimpy is like super obsessed with this show that they're gonna watch and then they blast off into space and then they are the show is that am i reading that right yeah this is their show just happens to star some uh characters that look exactly like right yeah cool (laughs) it's it's fiction within a fiction (laughs) um uh yeah i I don't understand what's so confusing jordan Jeez. sorry never mind this totally makes sense (laughs) this this show makes perfect sense oh yeah way too much Um, logic well, in one of them, and I don't remember actually which one of the space episodes it is, they're like trying to get somewhere and a bus to Jersey City comes. Yeah, <laughs> yes! that was in the black hole. Yeah. They, uh, <laughs> that's like they, they had to catch the next temporal rift, which takes the form of a, of a bus. To that's Jersey right. City. To Jersey, Jersey City. City. <laughs> I mean, the most, that's probably just the nearest point on Earth, right? Probably. <laughs> that's just where all buses go, um, right? Yeah. yeah absolutely. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I, my favorite thing is how they all start with them. Whenever they blast off, they, they scream horrifically, uh, just for uh, like 10 seconds, just them screaming as they blast off into hyperspace. And yeah, I, I, it's so funny as someone has just always been inspired by the concept of space and it seems so exciting. There's absolutely an occurrence to me that it is also the most horrific thing a person could possibly do. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's that's very much uh, at play here. I, it, which is the one I think it was in um, Space Madness. That's the one where Ren loses his mind, right? Yeah, yeah. Like when he's floating around in the bathtub, which like Stimpy bathes Ren a lot. Stimpy yeah, talks <laughs> Ren into taking baths like in every single episode. Um, <laughs> side note. <laughs> that's that's interesting. Um, <laughs> or into taking off or shaving off his fur in yeah. almost every episode that we watch. He's a caretaker. Um, the thing where he's like losing his mind and eating the soap and saying that it's an ice cream sandwich. Mm. That's like one of the things that I remember most about this show. Like before before we started watching it, I made a list of things that I could remember, which oh. was almost nothing. Um and the Should list was um the log song, which we did get to watch of in course. One of the episodes. Happy Happy Joy Joy, which we got to watch in one of the episodes. Um, eating soap and a weird horse. <laughs> a weird the, <laughs> no, sir, I don't like it. Not, the horse didn't show up, but he the, his voice did. Yeah, in one of the. Well, episodes. the horse actually was in the window when uh, when oh, Ren was getting his sponge bath, uh, <laughs> and, the, and everyone could see it happening. <laughs> it triggered his relapse. Right, he's uh, very psychosomatic. Uh, I think under uh, under uh, underexplored is the fact that his his illness took four months to recover recover for from whatever yeah. it was. <laughs> it's like whoa, I didn't think about that. And whatever it is, it has a remarkably long incubation period because as soon as he has recovered <laughs> after four months, all of a sudden now Stimpy is sick. Yeah, Stimpy just got tired of washing his hands correctly, I guess, and by the end just stopped stopped doing it right. Um, yeah, but yeah, the, the Ren in the bath floating around, I thought was just a brilliant visual. Um, the, the cube of water, which I totally forgot about. 
Um, there's also some very interesting fluid dynamics in the show. It wasn't in one of the, these episodes, but I have a very strong recollection of Stimpy's uh, eyes crying. It was in the in, I forget which one it was, but uh, he uh, he he cries and like a wall of tears shows like covers his eyes and then his eyes push the tears out. It's like <laughs> it's such a crazy. I love it. It's so good. I like that. Like. I mean, obviously, like, no cartoons have to follow rules of humans or, you know, animals or whatever, you know, whatever they're sending up. <laughs> cartoons aren't required to follow those rules. Um, but this is a show that especially doesn't follow, like, bodily rules. <laughs> like, they're, like, shape-shifting all the time, like, super gross, like, liquids happen <laughs> all the time. <laughs> Yeah, I, well, I like that. Something that's really interesting about the animation style is that, like, you in in most cartoons, you like animators will create character models, and which is just basically like a kind of generic version of that character that's easy to manipulate into various um, expressions and movements and stuff like that. Uh, but in Ren and Stimpy, it goes off character model like in almost every frame. Like they're being distorted and and twisted and pulled and their expressions are just insane. <laughs> um, Kurt Felucci had a had a saying around the office: "Never the same face twice." Yeah, um, like literally, if you handed him something that had happened on the show before, he would throw it in the garbage. So again, <laughs> back to that really bad boss thing. Yeah, seriously, but you know, fucking genius, worth it. <laughs> I, I think that's especially apparent in Black Hole, where, like, oh, yeah. they're, by the end, they're, like, walking through the Black Hole planet. I, I like, totally lost track of where they ended <laughs> up, so just, like, yell at me if I'm doing a bad job explaining this. No, you're this. good. Um, but they just, like, go in a Black Hole and end up walking around, basically. Um, yeah. Through a bunch of crazy shit. And their bodies and, kind of morph. And, and they yeah, like, every time you look back at them, they've morphed into something else. And the and what they're walking through has morphed into something else. Yeah. Um, and it was, like, it's super... There's a lot of, like, just, like, human body gross stuff. Like, mm-hmm. as they're walking, like, it starts to look like they're walking on a man almost with like it has hair and it has like zits and there's like fingers and eyes (laughs) oh yeah the eyes oh the eyes were definitely a big visual for me uh just like eyes on stalks as as like plant life in the background uh that might have been in the marooned episode that one in the black hole kind of merged together for me um yeah (laughs) and um Another thing about the bus arrival thing. I mean, they missed the bus because they don't have money, which turns out Snippy did have exact change, but forgot. Um, and, and Ren is, is so relieved that Snippy comes up with a plan to kill themselves. Basically. He's just like, if I just turn this knob, we'll implode. And he's like, you, you really saved us, Stimpy. You really, you really, fought, you really came through with this. And I just think that's like so amazingly dark that like the resolution is that they just kill themselves and they're so, and they're so relieved that they get to do that. And of course, Stimpy reveals that he had to change all along as they're imploding. But, um, it's just amazing. Yeah. Anything else you guys want to say about the space episodes okay. where we talk about, there's one more. There's one more we didn't talk about yet. What the space? Well, Stimpy's yeah. invention. Yeah, best for last. Yeah, right? Stimpy's invention. Yeah. Um. Well, I mean, what about the history of race button? Oh my god, that that story, that that situation where the narrator is like literally pushing his face into the button, like 
<laughs> it's physically like almost physically making him press the button as he, yes. as he just, and he's just, that, that like, once again, things I knew about the fifties to the show, just everybody talks like this. It was just like, there's a very, <laughs> <laughs> can he resist the history erase button the beautiful jewel toned button yeah it's just so <laughs> um the, the the narrator interacting in the room and just and just it, it's just so good yeah yeah super good um <laughs> let's talk about stimpy's invention then yeah um I guess it's kind so, of Stimpy's invention. I watched it twice because I watched it the first time and then I watched one with the director's comp- commentary. Oh. And I actually can't tell you what Stimpy's invention was. Wait, what? <laughs> what the, was Stimpy's invention? Oh, it was the, the, it was the helmet. The helmet. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think, yeah, underplayed in that I totally had forgotten about is that Stimpy, despite his idiocy, is actually like an amazing inventor comes up with these physically impossible inventions and Ren just does not appreciate them. The remote control shaver? Like, what? That's so cool. That was really cool. Yeah. <laughs> but it was another instance of him taking Ren's fur off. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's true. Really wants Ren to be naked at all times. Oh, I really liked when he gave them, he gave Ren, um, one of his inventions was a pair of socks that never falls down. Yeah. And he gave them to Ren and Ren was like, he said something about how it was perfect because he didn't wear any clothes. I liked that they referenced that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> They're filled with well, glue. The, the character of Ren is was actually based on a real-life uh, photograph of a chihuahua in a sweater from the 1950s. Oh, really? Yep. Um, wait, because there was a scene in one of the episodes where they cut, uh, unless it was one of like the ta- the side episodes that I watched anyway, uh, where they they cut to like oh I think it was a maroon there was like the, one of the aliens tentacles looked like a like a more realistic chihuahua that Ren uh, that Ren fell in love with do you remember that oh yeah, yeah. And I'm like wondering if that was that wait the sexy chihuahua yeah the sexy chihuahua <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we found out his breed which is an asthma hound um, which is amazing <laughs> is that a real no it's so yeah and um. Yeah, the the yeah the asthma hound. Wait, what were we talking about? <laughs> uh, chihuahua in a sweater. Oh, and his uh, voice was based on Peter Laurie, uh, which was like a weird like he was he did a lot of like crazy uh, character roles in the fifties. Yeah, like what is Ren's accent supposed to be? I think it's supposed to be kind of vaguely Mexican, but if it's Peter Laurie, it's more Hungarian. Yeah. So Stimpy's invention gave us the happy happy joy joy song oh absolutely which is the most unhinged lyrics like the verse to that song uh just <laughs> just like uh, i'll teach your grandmother to suck eggs like <laughs> yeah like all that stuff that he says in between <laughs> like sometimes it sounds like he's trying to reference other children's songs <laughs> and in a really nonsensical way, and then sometimes it sounds like he's just doing like madman stream of consciousness. <laughs> I told you'd shoot, but you didn't believe me. Why didn't you believe me? <laughs> uh, I, just, I think yeah. like like one of the things like that the show did a good job of was those songs, like the log song and Happy oh, yeah. Happy Joy Joy. Like everybody knew those songs, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And that's how you have a hit for kids. You give them a song. That they never <laughs> it's log. Yeah, that's. Did every episode have a log? 
commercial. I don't know if they all had log, but they all had, um, they didn't all have log, but they all had like interstitials. There was a lot of powdered toast, man. Uh, of course, there was log for girls. Uh, there was, um, the cereal one, the milk lumps. Oh, yeah. Oh, and don't, I like that one. And don't whiz on the electric fence. Oh my god, don't whiz on the electric fence! Don't That's whiz another on really the good electric song. fence. Yeah. I forgot about that one. <laughs> I forgot about that too, which oh, I feel like uh, later, what was that, Jackass, where they actually peed on an electric fence and somebody <laughs> got their dick electrocuted? Did it, did it work? I actually electrocuted him. Oh, wow. I, so. I always wondered if that was like a real thing. <laughs> Wasn't willing to find out myself. Would you guys let your kids watch this if you had kids? Yes. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, I, it's so hard for me to imagine having children. <laughs> I just am not somebody who should have kids. The ability um, to show my children this show is a strong, uh, a strong check in the do have kids column. <laughs> Interesting. Because, like... Uh, like it seems like there was like a lot of backlash, at least from the executives at Nickelodeon. Like I can't say that the world was having backlash at this show. Um, but they had an Emmy nom. Net- yeah, like obviously the network was worried about this show, though. Um, and it just made me think. Then, like, what? Like, obviously, there's a lot of stuff that's not okay to show kids at a certain age. It change like content changes when you make it animated. Mm-mm. Um, so, like, while there's a ton of violence and gross stuff in this, it's animated, so it, like, tones it down a little bit and makes kids perceive it in a little bit of a different way, like, but it just made me wonder, like, well, then what, what's okay and not okay to show kids, like, where are the lines, and, like, then, then why are kids even watching stuff at all? That's 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 a big question for a very different podcast, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It just made me think about the, that. Because, um, like, I watch this show and I'm fine, I think. <laughs> I, I think I'm fucked up in ways that are totally societally acceptable um, because of the show. And I'm, I'm into it. And all things considered, I mean, if, if as far as American children go, uh, violence is not exactly something that we uh, shy away from in yeah, programming. It's so it's not it's necessarily no. something that they're not seeing elsewhere. It's not, except, like, so I watched, there was a band episode of this show. Mm-hmm. Um, Man's Best Friend. Called, called Man's Best Friend, and that's the other one that I watched. Um, and... Which they, features they, a violent climax where Ren brutally assaults the character George Licker with an oar as being the turning point in his relation. Oh, as being the turning point in his relationship with Nickelodeon. So that was kind of the one that got Crick Lucy in a lot of hot water with them. Right, which is why I wanted to watch it. Um, it there is a there was bad stuff in it. I mean, first of all, his name was George Licker, <laughs> which like probably isn't a kid's cartoon name. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, um, he, it, it, yeah, he's a super weird character, and then Ren does beat him really violently at the end. Um, but it didn't seem like, like, a lot of the stuff that I noticed in it that I thought was weird, I thought was weird because I was an adult watching it. Like, I don't right. think I would have picked up on it much as a kid. Right. 
like he takes them home he basically abuses them like as pets right um near the end he seems to get into a dom sub relationship with ren <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, but like you know, like none of that stuff I would have picked up on as a kid. Yeah, it's just yeah. It's just adults being weird, character cartoon characters doing weird things. I mean, yeah. what's what's bizarre about the show is that it's almost like they took our crumb, yeah, comics and like turned them into a children's show. Like all of those like really subversive, dark and grotesque uh, indie comics from like the seventies and eighties. Absolutely. Um, I, which, interestingly enough, when I was researching, Ren and Stimpy didn't come up in any of my research, hmm. which I was surprised because to me, I saw like a very clear through line between like the work of R. Crumb and his, you know, uh, contemporaries and stuff to to this, but uh, was not mentioned. How old is Crick Felucy? Was he you know, alive when he during the peak of that? He was born in 55. Yeah, he totally Yeah, was yeah that would have been a big part of him. Should have been a big yeah. part of him. Yeah, you always see different things referenced, but yeah, it is funny you don't hear a lot about Crumb, which, yeah, I, I agree very much. Just, um, I mean, maybe we're kind of associating just because it was, you know, adult-themed comic stuff. Maybe he'd say we were way off base. Um, but just like even like all of the like lumpy, hairy <laughs> stuff, yeah, like just screams our crumb to me. True, lumpy hairy stuff. Uh, that is a, a, a lumpy hairy stuff should be the tagline for Ren and Stimpy in general. <laughs> well, I was thinking actually while I was watching it that the animation style was like um, an animated version of like Harry Gack. Do you remember Gack yeah. that Nickelodeon made that like yeah. sticky, smelly stuff? Like Loved it. if you dropped it on the floor a few times, it would start to get like <laughs> hair and like, disgusting <laughs> bits of stuff in it. And I feel like the animation style is, is like a embodiment of that. <laughs> <laughs> Very much so. Um, Kara, did you learn anything else in your research? You're like our research queen. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, well, actually, so I watched these on YouTube at first, and then I realized that we had them on DVD. And uh, there was a video that like auto played while I still had YouTube on, and it came up uh, with a video of this woman or young woman who was like uh, trying to be like a punk rock Tommy Lauren uh, which was really bizarre and was like introducing a playlist of the most inappropriate episodes um, so she was trying to be all edgy and stuff but then talking about how the show is like not appropriate for children it was just a weird combination of things that wasn't a research answer um what else did i learn actually sounds uh, amazing yeah no it wasn't i actually didn't even watch the whole video <laughs> i didn't take a lot of notes even though i definitely should have oh they actually rebooted this show uh spike tv the now defunct spike tv uh rebooted it in 2013 i believe sounds yeah, about right, sounds right. As the Ren and Stimpy adult party cartoon, which you know, I never watched because it just it did strike me as trying a little too hard. I think one of the best things about Ren and Stimpy was it wasn't supposed to be this crazy, right? Yeah, so he just got Crick Felucy got to kind of go balls to the wall on a 
this stuff that Nickelodeon had given him such a hard time on, which is interesting. Um, I wonder, like, I I didn't, I don't think I watched it either, but I had, like, had the same feeling about it, like, just like, no, it's trying too hard, like, that's over. Like, that's yeah. from the early 90s, it's over. <laughs> no, it was actually it 2003, again. not 2013. Oh, okay. It was off by oh. 10 years. Um... <laughs> And I wonder, like, how, so, like, it it seems like to, when he was still working on the show, he had to make these, like, deals with mm-hmm. the network. Like, basically, he could do a gross thing if he also did a heartwarming thing. <laughs> um, and I wonder, like, how much that shaped the show, probably in a way that he didn't want it to, but that we ended up, like, quite liking. Um, huh. That's that, interesting. That wouldn't, and that wouldn't have ended up in in a remake if they were just like, "Hey, make whatever you want for adults." I do. I did note because I, I said I watched all. I watched both sides of the episodes that we assigned today, uh, and I will say that the ones that weren't the ones I recommended were markedly more tame uh, than the ones I recommended. Um, and there was a lot more kind of like hey, kid joke um, stuff that was like, "Oh, that's kind of lame by by my standards." Um, so that, that's interesting thought that, that, that maybe they did Robin Hoek to out off to, uh, offset, uh, Nurse Stimpy, for example. Well, interestingly, the episode of Nurse Stimpy, um, was one of the first times that they missed a production deadline. And so Nickelodeon like sent it out, uh, to somewhere overseas, uh, to finish being animated and Craig Falusi was so upset about it and and felt that it was such low quality that he actually used um a pseudonym in the credits oh really yeah which was i can't find it because i didn't write it down Ah. Um, i remember reading it too but i didn't write it down yeah that's interesting so he didn't even like nurse raymond spum Spum. okay is that where spumco came from then no, Spumco was already the name of their animation studio, oh, okay. which if you watch the episodes through all the way to the end, there's um, a, a after the credit sequence, um, it, it's, it says Spumco and the Danes call it quality. So I guess it's Danish for quality. <laughs> I don't know. Quality? <laughs> Interesting. Spum. It's a good word. I like that. It's a very like it's like a funny kid word. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, I know that's not what it is, but I, I like to. I mean, Ren's last name Hoek. Nobody ever pronounces it correctly. Um, like it, it, there, I forget what the episode it was. It wasn't one of the ones we watched, but uh, there's definitely episodes where Ren corrects people. It's Hoek, um, but like <laughs> they kept calling him like Commander Hork. Um, Hork came through a lot, yeah, uh, and and a lot of Hoke and things like that. So I love that as a running gag that that Ren's name just could not be pronounced correctly. I like thinking about like, um, because I also went on like a Pete and Pete binge, mm. which was um. So Ooh, these were before you get into that. Sorry, just this relates to what we were talking about with with Spumco. Um, the word spum does mean quality in Danish, oh, right. but it's actually taken from Raymond Spum, 
who is the guy who invented animation in 1856. Whoa. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. At least that's what Wikipedia says. I don't know if that's actually true. Huh. Yeah, that could be <laughs> could be very, very false. <laughs> you were about to talk about Pete and Pete. Yeah. Oh, well, like, so I went on a Pete and Pete binge and watched, like, all of them. Um, and then read about all of them. And it was the first, like, live-action show that Nickelodeon produced. And these were the first cartoons that Nickelodeon produced. And it's just, like... What else was it? Was it Salute Your Shorts and... Uh... Yeah, they but do. those those they came do. after. Yeah. Oh, really? Like, Pete and Pete was the first one. Oh, they weren't, um, they were, they weren't in threes? No, no, no. Pete and Pete... So, Pete and Pete was, like, these little, like, interstitials that they would do during commercials, I think, on Nickelodeon or something like that. They were 60 seconds long. And then, like, someone was like, hey make this a series <laughs> like they did <laughs> and like had no idea what they were doing they were they didn't like the people who made it had never made a tv show before um so it was kind of like the wild west there at nickelodeon like in the late 80s and early 90s and it's just interesting to think you know it's so big and so controlled now kind of and it's just fascinating to think about it at the beginning where it was like just these like small groups of people and like one or two executives making all the decisions about the stuff that we saw. Mm. Yeah. And a bunch of edgy Gen Xers at that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Pete and Pete's super weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just remember Artie from that. Are we going to a sub episode about Pete and Pete? Uh, <laughs> I, we're we're going to do it one day. I, right. Someone's going to pick it or Kara and I are going to have to do it ourselves. Oh, man. I want to talk about it, but... As do I. Yeah. I, I love how weird that show is. And that, that, that theme song, man. That's a great song. Hilarious. Really so good. good song. I, the Ren and Stimpy, the ending theme song is a really good song, too. Yeah. yeah. I um, That was, like, something that was, like, floating around in my brain that I hadn't thought about for probably since the last time I watched the show. You know, like, I had heard the Log song again and heard the Happy Happy Joy Joy song again, but I hadn't heard that guitar theme song, and so when it came on, I got so excited. Yeah, that really, the first one. It really did take me in. Well, also the, the intro, which is a different song, I guess, but very much in the same vein. Yeah, I just, that, that first one, it's like, it, you see them, like, hugging each other in the rain, and then that first, like, and then, like, the, like, <laughs> I don't know, it just kicks, kicks off and definitely, like, got me, like, got my heart racing in, like, a very specific direction. Yeah. Well, it, it reminds me of the um, uh, the South Park theme. Oh, yeah. Which I guess is Primus, right? Oh, yeah. It's kind of Primus. Totally. Yeah. A little or more... I should say, I guess the, the South Park theme reminds me of this. <laughs> yeah, I wonder to what extent that was uh, on purpose. Because, uh, like, yeah, I'd say, like, the first, the, you know, the first, the intro is very, like, it's much more jazzy. Um, and, the, and the ending is so much weirder and more Primus. Yeah, I didn't. But the episodes, the way I watched it, didn't have the intro. Oh, really? Music. Oh, you gotta What's watch the intro music. Uh, you want me to sing it? Gotta commence. 
episode. I hope you start the episode with, with that. Just, just, just oh, put it in the front. Yeah. <laughs> I was wondering what we were going to use for every episode. <laughs> and then we can, and then we can do the, uh, the ending at, at the end. Let me think. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, well. I hope no one ever listens to your podcast. <laughs> um, I hope it becomes really popular now and everyone's like, who's doing those mouth noises? <laughs> well, your, new, your new plug bag theme song. <laughs> um, who has other things to say about Ren and Simpy before we close it up? Um, I was thinking about Muddy Mudskip. Remember him? <gasps> That's another no. song I want to listen to. Yeah. And I was thinking about how, how similar he was to Krusty the Clown. Just a, a very, just a very like disillusioned Hollywood type. Uh, well, and so much about Ren and Stimpy is like, um, oh my God, what's the cartoon in that cartoon? Bitch and Scratchy. Uh, scratchy? Totally. Bitchy and Scratchy, yeah. Which I wonder to what extent that was actually on purpose. Because Simpsons came out with like a two year head start on Ren and Stimpy. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a violent show that children watched. I've got to imagine it was in some ways, uh, Based on Ren and Stimpy, oh, or yeah. Ren and Stimpy based on Itchy and Scratchy. Hmm. We'll have to see when when Itchy and Scratchy first appeared in the Simpsons canon. Uh, the cartoon first appeared in the Tracy Ullman show short, The Bart Simpson Show, oh. which originally aired November twentieth, nineteen eighty-eight. So before the Simpsons were even the Simpsons. Interesting. And then the cartoon's first appearance on The Simpsons was in the 1990 episode, There's No Disgrace Like Home. Interesting. So they're more of a Tom and Jerry ripoff, I guess. Yeah. Um, completely... Well, I, I, I feel like it's a lineage. You know, there's Tom and Jerry, there's a Chin and Scratchy, there's Ren and Stimpy. It's gotta be some push and pull. As I understand, there was a lot of uh, admiration between the two shows, um, creators. Yeah. And animators, at least. Well, I mean, The Simpsons were really, like, the first cartoon that well, I don't know if it was the first cartoon but like mainstream wise the first cartoon that broke into the mainstream that kind of crossed a lot of boundaries of animation where animation was previously just for children and now it's kind of enter it started to enter this new age where like maybe cartoons aren't just for kids you know yeah but I feel like Crick Felucci also worked on something ahead of this that was also an adult animation uh, thing, I forget what it was called, but, I mean, it wasn't a completely novel idea, but it was certainly starting to work its way through. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I've got through all my notes. Uh, I did mention Freakazoid. Did you guys ever watch Freakazoid? Because oh, if we do this again, I'd love to do Freakazoid. Um, that was, you know, as I said, it was one of the Steven Spielberg shows between Animaniacs, Freakazoid, and Picking the Brain. And I guess he did Tiny Toons too, but like, no one ever thinks about Freakazoid. I think Freakazoid was one of the shows that, like, all the sh- all the jokes went over the kids' heads, and not because it was like <laughs> too, uh, not because it was too um, 
like violent or mean or whatever, but because every joke was about like the industry in Hollywood and like <laughs> the actors from the fifties and just like Leonard Malton was a joke over and over again for whatever reason. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah. So freaks was one of those things that just, um, yeah, I, I would love to come, come back and, and, uh, and think about wistfully. Yeah, I just, I just Googled it and I, the character, looks familiar but i don't know if i ever actually watched the show he was kind of like deadpool for kids uh yeah. just kind of complete fourth wall breaking very uh silly um overpowered superhero but never decided to use his powers because he was just insane um yeah uh and he was yeah he was just very it was very silly um very different tone from an instant but the same kind of idea of being the black sheep in the animation family for some reason, uh, the cover of an Earthworm Jim. Mm. Oh, it was a series. I was gonna—I thought it was for the video game, but apparently, no. Earthworm Jim. Oh yeah, yeah. They did a series based on a comic book. They did a video game. That game was awesome. Another very similar. Oh, okay, I actually only ever knew of the video game. So <laughs> that game was hard. Yeah, <laughs> I've never heard of Earthworm Jim. Oh man! When I googled it. Yeah, it was an earthworm that fell to Earth into a or a spacesuit from space fell onto the earthworm, giving him super intelligence, uh, and the suit had powers and shit. So uh, it was very, uh, it was very Spumco-y. Was it Spumco? I think it was. Uh, the show. Uh, what was it? I never actually watched the show. I don't think, but uh, it was Nickelodeon for sure. Uh, actually, oh wait. It, uh- Seems to have appeared on Kids WB. Oh, I guess Nickelodeon, Nickelodeon syndicated it. Yeah, well, yeah, it has that WB look. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, that, that, that's that was the uh... produced by Universal Universal Animation Studios, along with AKOM, Flex Tech Television Limited, and Shiny Entertainment. Ah, uh, Shiny, which I've never heard of. Shiny was the name I saw a lot on the video games. Um, oh wait, so maybe it was a video game first. Now I gotta know. Uh, yeah, looks like what? Earthworm Jim is an American animated television series based on the video game oh, wow. with the same name for two seasons from 1995 through 1996. Interesting. Yeah, well the game kind of broke broke the fourth wall too. Yeah. I remember that being a thing. And I just, I loved the look of it. That's right. Really yeah, it was really beautiful. And that's right. The characters are called like Princess. What's her name? Uh, <laughs> Queen Slug for a butt. Evil the cat. Uh, Major Mucus and Professor Monkey for a head. Um, yeah, actually, totally. This, this tracks a little bit closer to uh, to Freakazoid than uh, Ren Stimpy. Yeah, we're way off topic. Yeah. <laughs> I have I have one more large <laughs> larger question. Yeah. Before before we're done. Like, because when I think about, like, Nicktoons, like, this is basically the first time I remember watching TV besides watching Pee Wee's Playhouse. Really? Is that true for, is that true for you guys, too? Or, like, were you watching, like, I watched videos, like, they made kid videos that I watched, and I watched, like, Disney movies. Mm. Really, I just watched The Little Mermaid. And... But, like, like, as far as, like, TV that was made for me that I wanted to watch over and over and over again. Like, 
this is the first thing I can remember watching. I'm not saying there wasn't anything before this, but this is the first that I remember were these three Nicktoons. Yeah, I mean, I suppose it. I mean, I I, I must have watched like Looney Tunes and stuff, uh, but it just became this kind of background noise. But this definitely is the first uh, TV show I remember watching. Uh, remember watching and having a very specific experience. I actually have a. I, a very specific image in my head. I was in Ohio, so I must have been aged two to four, somewhere in there. Uh, and my parents' bedroom, because for whatever reason, I, I think my parents were downstairs watching the, the main TV. So I snuck up to their bedroom and watched and turned on Nick um, on their like small TV, which was on like a very high, um, like a high pedestal kind of felt like it was a million feet tall to me, but I was two to four. So who knows? Um, and yeah, I remember my sister coming up and watching with me, uh, and her kind of helping me uh, turn it on and figure out what channel Ren and Stimpy was. But I really wanted to watch Ren and Stimpy. Yeah, that was uh, that. That really was the first thing I remember watching at all, and indelibly just yeah in my brain. Hmm. I don't know if I have a, a recollection of it being like the first thing. I just remember trying to watch it and then my parents being like what is this and please turn it off <laughs> uh, and like never watch that again and then trying to find ways to watch it uh when they weren't around i, as a, I think that sorry, the the thing that i like really remember as like being like a thing that I was like tuning in to see probably started with Rocco's Modern Life. Oh yeah, mm. that was a great show. Yeah. Uh, fantastic. And yeah, well, I guess I, as a as a as a coda to this story, I do remember now my parents coming in and kind of giving us a weird slap on the wrist about it. But like, I could tell, I can tell in retrospect, well, especially just because I've talked to my parents about it, and it has become an inside joke in the family. Like they they love the show. Like mom and, mom and dad, <laughs> dad, dad thought dad especially who was you know very uh, very into the uh, uh, our crumb uh, thing. You know he was same same generation and uh, you know a rocker and stuff was you know very heavily into art crumb. I'm sure he was really excited to uh, to see me getting into similar uh, aesthetics <laughs> even at that age. All right, maybe that does it for Ren and Simpy. Yeah, yeah, you guys, I think we did it. I think we did it. Yay. Well, Zach, thanks so much for joining us. Zach is an amazing photographer who you can find at ZachDazon.com and on Instagram at ZachDazon. You can find us on Facebook and on Instagram and Twitter at WistfulPod and on CageClub.me. See you next time. Bye. <laughs> Bye. 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 Wow, 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 wow,